morning. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Hell yeah. Can you imagine having a, a president that can talk? <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, and here we are today, yes. not consumed by our petty differences anymore. No, no, Because no. words matter. Really. And because well, of we the haven't had the aliens yet. The aliens are really the great equalizer. So. That's what's going to bring if, us together. If yeah. we can make that happen, uh, that'd be way better. Um, <laughs> you feel like we got a better shot against aliens or uh, artificial intelligence that becomes self-aware? A better to shot to win? Yeah. I mean, aliens, for sure. They're yeah, just, for sure. They're just right. things. We yeah. can kill, we AI, can kill we're things. We can kill <laughs> We've things. all watched Terminator. We, <laughs> we know we're, we're right. dead. Yeah. Uh, um, we just have sure. to get past their technology, which I'm sad to say is far, far superior. Far too advanced. Far um, too speaking advanced. of someone who played AI and then helped us defeat aliens. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, Adam's going to love this opening because he once actually got mad at me, like physically angry that I compared Independence Day to uh, Jurassic Park. Not well, an Independence Day. Fan. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, mean, he really uh, has trouble getting past the virus uh, part. The unrealistic. Uh, oh, it's unrealistic. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. No, no. You're right. You're right, Adam. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> oh man, so good. We're back, baby. Okay. Episode twenty six. Here we go. Um, back and better than ever. Well, I uh, I took a few weeks off. I went to some places. Went to a friend's ranch. Very yeah, isolated went on a little place. quarantine vision quest. It was uh, it was very good. Lots of nice, uh, lots of nice country. Lots of nice mountains and mm-hmm. uh, rivers mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and uh, dirt bikes and things. <laughs> that sounds lovely, man. Yeah, that was, sounds really lovely. It was great. I've uh, shout out I'm to looking Tom. around it. Thank you, Tom. My apartment. Yeah, Tom. Tom thanks for listening. Tom's family letting us. Uh, um, and thanks for yeah, visit. allowing Kelly to travel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were like, yeah, it's fine. Come on. <laughs> um, well, I'm looking at the same. Pretty much one of two views that I've been having right. for months now. <laughs> I know you go to work. And my you office. go to work. Yeah, that's the other. That's the other view. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it is anyway. It is a really special thing to uh, to go out uh, into the woods uh, and or wilderness right now, as opposed to 
just like a quick trip, but like really go somewhere for a week. So I highly recommend. And, you know, there's a lot of things. There's obviously a lot of people uh, that are still working um, Mm -hmm. are burnout just like you are from I was talking to our friend Kellen about this, uh, you know, HR all over the country, probably just like her are dealing with people need to go on vacation. (laughs) You know, if you've been working, you got to take your vacation because it is, uh, it's a rough, rough time. And it's a weird thing, man, because you don't want to, thanks for tuning in for our, uh, coronavirus. It's it's what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah. I know, but, um, it's a weird thing because you, at least I find myself trying to stack my PTO for mm-hmm. when we can finally go sure. do stuff. Yeah, yeah. So even when you like need a day, you you just kind of don't want to take it and sit at home. You know what I mean? So like oh, you're sure. yeah. you like need a day, you've got days that you can take mm-hmm. and you just like, nah, I'm just going to go in. Yeah. And everyone that's at your place, I don't know if everybody's working in isolation, a lot of people working in isolation, but for us, uh tenants are starting to come back <clears throat> to the office and hey, now you have this insane i mean it's just like the public general public right you can't control people that's why we're having these spikes so you're ending up with this like weird combo of people who are so terrified they really shouldn't be there like no one's making them come back you know we're allowing people to come back but like they could still work from home or try to figure it out or i don't know what their situation is but you get people who don't want to be don't want anyone to cross paths with them at all which you can't really right make sure that happens and then you get a bunch of people who you know are almost at oh it's a conspiracy level so now, like the fun of having to try to, uh, it, it, yeah, it it feels like there's really that. only w- one way to move forward, and it's either if you are worried and or um, you know compromised, or you are in any type of fearful situation, you kind of got to stay at home. And if you're not, yeah, then wear your mask and wash your hands. But right, you got to go back to doing things like the, the, right. that, having that middle ground of like. Oh, what the fuck, you know, these people are too close to me. And it's like, well, yeah, sure, yeah. you got to yeah. distance when you can. But there are, I mean, there are a lot of billions of people in the world and we're in a major yeah. city and it's yeah. just like, all right, well, yeah, that's, we're going to be around people. Um, it's wild. It's a wild time. Well, so. So movies. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about that. Uh, <laughs> Independence Day, I figured was appropriate. I had to look at my notes and be like, yeah, so, oh, God damn it. Um, I had to look at my notes and be like, did we play that clip before, you know? Um, but no, I mean, my notes say no. Um, so obviously the iconic speech from Independence Day. That's, uh, that's an all-timer. Um, that's an all-timer. Yes, sir. And then um, and then uh, it was Independence Day yesterday. Um, and uh, I did absolutely nothing other than sit on my couch and watch movies. Um, so, yeah, I got lots of movies to talk about. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, um, we we can uh, we can jump right in and uh, start covering what we've uh, what we've seen. Since yes, last please. Time, so so, uh, so well, you know, one of the first ones I saw since last time was uh, we watched the trip to Greece. Uh, did you watch yeah. that yet? Uh, that's the newest one, right? Yeah, that's, that's the, the brand one? new one. Yeah, haven't seen the. Most, um, the most it's good, recent. man. You know, uh, it it is just like the rest, and I like all of them. You know, it's another interesting ending, but it. Uh, I don't know. They they got a lot of heart and. Uh, they're good. They're good. You had seen the third one, yeah. so does it pick up from the unusual ending <laughs> of the third one? I don't, I, it's not. It's not. Re- I guess it's not really a spoiler because there's nothing to spoil. But no, it completely ignores it. 
Christ. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> that was the one thing that I was like, I know oh, you said that. Like, maybe these will stay inter- well, start the, being the, interesting. All of those movies are great, I think. But um, but yeah, totally just a new movie, new place. All right, let's meet up. Go to Greece. Um, anyways, wow. that was really good. Um, I watched a weird one, man, on uh, on Netflix that is a documentary from a year or two ago called Garth Brooks, The Road I'm On. Have we talked about this yet? Ah. No. It's just like a short two part or three. I forget it. I think it was two, like one and a half hour parts. So it's like a three hour documentary. Netflix original? No, it's not. It was on, and it's very clearly not because if it was, it would be better. Um, but yeah. it was on, like, <laughs> I don't know, A&E or CMT or one. Of, I, I don't know where it was. But someone else produced it. Probably Garth Brooks produced it based on what it seems like. Okay. And then it okay. was on some network and Netflix obviously eventually bought the rights to it. So I think it's a year or two old. But anyways, the point is it's fucking nuts and he's nuts. I love Garth Brooks. Um I think he's yeah. one of the great musical talents. He's one of the best performers that I've ever seen live. Um if not the best. And he is nuts. I don't know. I <laughs> I, I mean he's incredibly intense. He cries through the whole fucking thing. Um, it's just like, you're like, what am I watching? This is, you realize you, this is not like a news interview. (laughs) Like this is a movie that you made. So you could portray anything however you want. And the choice to portray him like a, um, such an emotional disconnected person. Um, I mean, disconnected in some ways, maybe very connected in other ways, you know, to his faith and everything else. But, um, but it's nuts and I want everybody to watch it because I just want to understand like, what do people think of this? (laughs) You know, anyways, check it out. Um, but, uh, that's a, that's a super weird one. Um, did you watch the Rocky documentary I mentioned a few weeks ago? So it's, it's short. I didn't realize this, but put it on your list. Obviously it's called 40 years of Rocky. And when I when I went on iTunes to buy it, it was only like a dollar ninety nine or something to own it, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Oh, nice. And then I looked at it, and it's only thirty minutes long. Oh, so that's why. Yeah. It's like a super short doc, and they just, I just buy it. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And they they went back and uh, you know re recaptured all of the kind of like personal behind the scenes eight millimeter footage that people had from the set. And nice. so it's not very shiny. It's very gritty, mm-hmm. uh, just like the movie. It's really yeah. super appropriate. And you have essentially this short, little, beautiful 30-minute documentary that um, uh, Stallone is just, uh, you know, narrating over. And right. But it's a really raw, great narration. As if it is as if it was... 50 years ago and someone had hit play on the eight millimeter player and he's just like, okay. Yeah. And then we were doing this. Okay. And now oh, here we are with the, Oh, that, that hat <laughs> is really funny. Like it's yeah. very, very um, just off the cuff and appropriate. So well, I'm excited. I, I want to watch that because that's um th- that, that story of kind of putting Rocky together really is one of those movies that really mirrors what the first movie was also right. like thematically, right. you know what I mean? Yes. Like it just kind of yeah. run parallel and that's kind of really cool. I think when that just happens, scrappy, um, like, yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe I forgot about that one since last time we talked. I definitely Um, need to jump on that one. Check that out. Um, I I, I got a long list. We should uh, we should bounce around. What what are some of the things? Yeah. So um, just just a couple that we checked out. Um, I don't know if you've watched the. um, I don't even know how big a fan you are of uh, of Jay and Silent Bob and Kevin Eh. Smith and stuff. But we watched the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, I still haven't watched the reboot. Yeah. So um, so we really enjoyed it, man. I mean, it it is definitely it has that 
quality of sort of somewhere between uh, like a real production and like a home movie. Do sure. you know what I mean? But yeah. like, but it walks that line really well. Yeah. I mean, you know, bringing in all of these people who aren't necessarily even actors, but were in Smith's early stuff or sure. clerks and things. And then also balancing that out with real actors, but then having his daughter as like, you know, one of the main characters right. who is an actress, but mm-hmm. is also clearly his daughter. Um, <laughs> and I mean, just really sweet. You know what I mean? Like you, it's kind of like to me anyway, all of the stuff that was kind of like not shiny or glossy, like we talk about, mm-hmm. was was kind of forgivable because it like it had a had. A I real think heart it always it. is with him. I I, I kind of always give him a pass uh, on yeah. that kind of stuff. It's really just about whether I like the story or not, and some of them you know better than others. But um, right, I, sure. what I really dig about that is that it didn't get a standard theatrical release. You know, it was like privately yeah. produced. It got this roadshow release where he had a bus and he just went around yep. and they presented it in like a theater at a time yeah, in front of a live audience and, and, and it was a whole tour. And I think that's such a cool way to do a movie. If you know that you're an indie movie that's not going to make much money anyways, you know, yeah. why not show up with it and do, a, I mean, he did, I think, like hundreds of appearances. Yeah. Yeah. And at each one, instead of spending, you know, $10 on a ticket, those people are spending fifty dollars on a ticket or whatever for sure because it's a stage show and a q a and a hangout and the whole thing and it's like that's probably really smart and he did it all himself and he's even talked on podcasts yeah. about yeah. like made a lot of fucking money <laughs> you know i mean he really yeah. he yeah. really did and, and honestly man fun i mean i agree oh, i think it's yeah. such a cool idea Wouldn't and we'd we'll rather so do that do. because your, your your fans are the only ones that are gonna come we always talk about what one of yeah. the coolest things that i miss so much being out in la is you can just find these screenings of movies that even the obscure ones where it's just going to be you and a bunch of fans yeah going to this movie it's going to be yeah. the best setting no one's going to be popping out the phone and or getting bored or you know not liking it you're just going to be in a room full of like positive energy like yes. people really enjoying whatever it is and that's kind of what the new bev is but also with kevin smith i mean i really think like not that this is his last two raw he can go on doing whatever he wants but he was such a voice of kind of that indie 90s generation right like when i think about that sort of sort of early independent and film festival filmmakers yeah. from like the early 90s and generation x and stuff i think about quentin tarantino and kevin smith sure and quentin tarantino is his own tornado right like his right. own thing really i mean he emerged then but he's just kind of kept going and he's and kind he's of evolved s- in a lot of ways and hit different sure. things whereas kevin smith kind of is yeah he, he doesn't feel that's that's exactly what i'm saying like yeah. even though he was a, those were like the two phenomenons there in the early 90s yeah but quentin doesn't feel specific to that era like that's when right. he started correct and his stuff exists out of time but uh but you know kevin smith for better or worse i mean i really think sort of represents that that group and to now have all these people, all of his fans. I mean, there's younger fans. I'm a fan. Um, but, uh, be, you know, be older and have kids and stuff and then get to go on the road and think about maybe their college days or high school days when they saw clerks for the first time. That's just a cool thing. That's like a, that's not a thing that happens that, you know, Well, this is why I love Kevin Smith so much and I don't even care about his movies so much. (laughs) Like, I I sort of do, but it's more, I agree. He gets, he gets what is good and he gets, yeah, and he knows that his movies are not objectively good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not all dialogue, if anything, is the most fun part about it. Yeah. You carve out sort of <clears throat> characters and that we're interested in. Yeah. But yeah, it's him. The it's idea him. of him, it's him is more than the product and, and kind of the idea of his story also. Yes. Yeah. Kind of more than the product. Some other things. Um, we watched Hotel Artemis. I don't know if you ever saw oh, that one. No, I didn't. Kind of was a that house. Um, yeah, it was. It's got it, a it's bunch not, of people. It's not going it. to blow you away. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, um, you know, it's just a grind, grindy. 
grimy. I meant to watch that when it came out, but yeah, right on. It's fun. It's fun if you want kind of a dark, you know, sort of one of those movies. I don't know, underbelly type movie. Sure, sure, sure. It's pretty good. Um, There's a you had recommended, highly, highly recommended, and we got around to watching Vast of Night. I don't know if you want to dive into. I've I've watched it a Um, second time. Obviously. The the original the the podcast where I described it, I was very passionate about it. Oh, yeah. I told yeah. a lot of friends to watch it, and a few of them have watched it and been on the same page with me about it. Um, I don't think anybody hasn't. Um, but we even watched it in Oregon uh, with Tom's family, and his uh-huh. whole family was just like, even his little brothers were all just like, oh, <laughs> you right, know, yeah. glued to it. We so. hated it. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, I'm just yeah, kidding. sure, sure. Um, no, no, no. Uh, I, I certainly, I, it wouldn't be, it didn't hit on the same level sure. for me as you. But um, we were we were in from the very beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very, as you know, without spoiling too much, like it's a very interestingly put together mm-hmm. movie. And kind of from the very beginning of that, we're really in. And then, like, I think we're sort of the same. And if you give us sort of a science fiction-y, you know what I mean, like slice of Americana type setting oh, sure. movie, I'm I'm sort of in anyway. So maybe I'm not even that's the best person. That's why I was to... so – that's why looking back, Super 8 is such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Such God, a bummer. Why? Yeah, it didn't <laughs> so, seem like so that really potential. was going to be I like mean, that, e. those trailer, that trailer and all oh, the God. hype for it was just like – and I, I don't – I think I saw it maybe like twice when it came out and then never again. You um, know what? That movie is – J.J. Abrams to Steven Spielberg. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, like, right. So, like, we got that trailer, and and I mean, and I like J.J. Abrams, and sure, yeah. <clears throat> I've liked a lot of his movies, but what that movie was, and what you thought it was going to be, which again, to me, I just just thinking, E.T. This is we're going to get E.T. Like, right for a new generation, and then what you ended up having was kind of some of the shine and an idea that could have been great. And then, like, sort of an empty, well, just sort of an empty is, vessel. Almost this is the problem that feels with like JJ. pretty much everything he does or is yeah. involved with is just like, you know, technically very well. I mean, purely technically put together, but not, yeah, not very engaging and not very human and not very um, heart. And he's you know. good at coming up with the sub the setup, but not yeah. pulling all the cords together. I mean, as we've complained about a lot, sure. but this is why he was a terrible choice to me mm-hmm. for the last installment of a forty-year saga right, nine right. movie. You know, Skywalker. I mean, I yeah, the because seven, he, you by know, definition, him starting can't the new trilogy pull stuff together. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. It, that's kind of his mo at this point. Um, anyway, but Vast of Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we dug it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, yeah, right on. It, you know, really interesting. Just kind of leaves you. I don't know. It, it definitely you, your brain kind of stays with it. You know sure. what I mean? And you just sort of are marinating on it and marinating on it the other one that we uh really ended up digging that we watched uh recently was king of staten island oh sure yeah let's talk about that so did you like it yeah i i we both really liked it um i've now liked i can't believe it i have now really enjoyed two movies with pete davidson and (laughs) this year and i just don't know how long that can keep going i feel like there's a shelf he's he's done yeah he i think he's done with how many different uh versions of himself he can be uh yeah but this um, was the most autobiographical. I mean, the other yeah, one, he played a really good train wreck that mm-hmm. was sympathetic, right? But, I mean, this right. was kind of like, all right, well, we all he's been a part of us in pop, pop culture. I and, thought it was very um, – uh, I thought the third act, you know, was very good. Um, it felt 
more put together than a Judd Apatow movie usually does. That third mm-hmm. act, um, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess evolved, I yeah. guess maybe I shouldn't be looking for that kind of storytelling with an Apatow movie. I shouldn't be looking for kind of completion and and uh, and kind of validation and 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 change. But I don't know. It came in the third act, but the rest of the movie, yeah, it was. I mean, there was nothing bad about it to me. But like right. so many of his, I was just like, all right, yeah, sure. Kind of just <laughs> set know? it aside. Um, <clears throat> I liked it. I thought yeah. it was. Uh, I, I guess I, I would say that I, I enjoyed it more than the the normal Apatow. Uh, oh, nice. Flip. Yeah, yeah. A little um, like comparing so it, it to uh, like Trainwreck a couple years few or years this ago, is forty or yeah. whatever it might be. Um, what was yeah. it? Um, what was the Sandler one? Uh, Funny comedian? people. No. Funny people. Funny people? Yeah. yeah. Funny people to me, the same as kind of all the ones. Like you said, you get to the third act and you're kind of like, I just never feel like he does like a complete movie in a way. <laughs> like it always right, kind of right, feels right. like that to me. It's like, wait, where? but we don't have it like an ending. And this one felt like it did. Like and, and That's what I guess mean? I'm like, saying is that it, it felt more complete. Yeah. Um, for sure. But for uh, sure. yeah. Uh, did you guys watch The Five Bloods on, Net- on Netflix? You know what's funny? We, we have not watched The Five Bloods yet because I will have to wait and watch that by myself because Jess won't okay. watch a war movie with me, particularly okay. Vietnam, um, sure. some family sure, history sure. stuff. But sure. um, but what's weird, and I'm going to let you jump right back into that one, but I did end up watching uh, The Sweet Blood of Jesus, which is another Spike Lee. I don't know, I don't know uh, that one. <laughs> Blood and Duh in the title. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like a, a vampire take. Um, I don't know, like a Spike Lee version of a vampire sort of metaphor but it's really about addiction and maybe hiv a little what bit. year is this uh maybe four or five years ago not long oh, ago. okay maybe 2012, pretty pretty recent okay got it yeah and uh boy i did not enjoy that um <laughs> i uh i like spike lee and i think he's such a unique voice i guess i just didn't um necessarily need to see that genre um, that's fair and yeah. spike lee i just didn't care um but how was uh how was dude spike i Lee? loved it and i'm not always a fan either um i think you'll like it a lot um I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, but the tone is all over the place. Um, you know, even though it, it feels very cohesive in the end, but, um, Mm. I think the biggest thing is that I didn't really know what it was about. I hadn't watched a trailer. I knew, I knew it was a war ish movie, but I, you know, I really didn't know, um, like the, the era or the people or who was in it. I really didn't know much about it. Um, but it, in, I was incredibly engaged with it, and it was super entertaining for even how um, kind of d- dark it gets at times. But, um, you know, he just plays with such levity and such darkness off of each other so quickly, and you're just like, it's whiplash, mm. you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. that – but that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, yeah for sure. I dig it. So anyways, please do check that out and let me know what you thought. Um, I saw a movie called The Rental, which is the only movie I've seen at, at a drive-in so far. I told you, I sent you a picture from the drive-in, but I yeah. went to, uh, what was it called? The Vineland Drive-In in City of Industry, uh, because Arclight did a thing that Lander kind of, I think Lander brought it up and he was like, do you want to go to this? Lander. Yeah. And it was, um, it was like an event bright <laughs> event. You had to buy a ticket for your car hmm. <clears throat> and, um, and it was this movie called The Rental, which is Dave Franco's first movie, first uh, directorial. Directing? You know, yeah. Oh, and okay. so um, he's not in it, but like Alison Brie's in it and Dan Stevens is in it and a bunch of his friends. Right, right, right. Um, and 
it was just, this is worth bringing up just because it's the only drive-in I've been to so far during quarantine. There's a lot of drive-on stuff, drive-in stuff happening. Rose Bowl mm-hmm. is doing drive-ins, um, and there are a few drive-in theaters in Greater LA. Um, this is not one of the better drive-in theaters. I knew that. I wasn't sure right. why ArcLight partnered with them. It was probably just availability. But it was like yeah. you know, it's like a swap meet grounds that has screens in the corners of the lots. And uh, it was an interesting experience for sure, uh, you know, getting there early and getting a spot and like staying yeah. in your car yeah. and the whole thing. And, you know, you get your audio over the radio and there's there was four different screens around this parking lot. So people are, you know, assigned to which corner to go to. Um, but it was packed, man. I mean, there were uh, my wow. guess would be anywhere between 500 and 700 cars in wow. this parking yeah. lot. And each one of those cars paid uh i think it was 50 dollars ish or something like that and then you know that covers your whole car um and they gave popcorn free popcorn and stuff mm. um and uh how was that delivered to your car they, you drive by a table and they just hand it to you you know got it um got it. but yeah there was no concession stand open or anything so you had to bring everything um so it was a it was it was an interesting experience me being highly technical I hated the technical aspects of it. The projectors yeah. are garbage. You know, you're projecting at such distance. And, you yeah. know, 30 yeah. years ago, 50 years ago, it would have been acceptable because you're like, all right, right, this is how projectors work. This is how bright they are. But, like, knowing that projectors have come <laughs> a million years yeah. in the last yeah. 50, um, it's just they're still using super, super old projection. It's super dim. It's a uh, it's a movie about nighttime, you know, being at, at mostly at night, and it's just like okay, I can right, sort of see it. Right, um, right. and then the audio is just okay. Um, they tried to do a live Q and A, and it took them fucking forever to try to figure out because we thought okay, they'll have like a camera and a mic set up at somewhere you know yeah safely and dave will be there and he was there and everybody involved with the movie was there but then it took so long for them to get that going that me and lana are like let's get the fuck out of here so we drove we started driving out but we still had the audio connected and as we're exiting the property we could tell that what was actually happening was all the people involved in the movie were on their laptops and their cars zooming in to one laptop and that laptop was connected to the projectors. And so it was like the, the chances that at that is all going to work live and yeah, audio is yeah. going to be okay from everybody in a, in a stadium ballsy. setting. Stupid, hundred percent. That's the perfect <laughs> quote. And I was just like, holy shit. They do not wow. know what they're yeah. in for with this. Um, they think this is all going to work somehow. Um, and you know, not to mention like your, your Wi-Fi or cell signal is probably not enough to handle that anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I, we gave up, we were like, fuck that. Um, but anyways, so it was a super weird well, experience. The movie itself was fine. It wasn't bad, yeah. but it wasn't it, anything special. Well, you bring up an interesting idea because, you know, if we, assuming that this goes on for a long time and, you know, these drive-ins become more and more of a thing, which some people are saying. Yeah. Um, you know, the drive-in thing has always kind of been, at least in our lifetimes, just sort of the experience of the drive-in, like mm-hmm. you said, right? It's not really about like, oh, we're going to this movie or we expect this movie to be good. Right. If you start going to see stuff that you really want to see, yeah, like you said, it's not, not really good. the setting that you would choose from it. In terms of uh, just the brightness or the vagueness scale of like J.J. Abrams' Lens Flare to – Battle of the Night King, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where, where, where are, where so are we? Are significantly closer to Battle of the Night King, definitely. Um, Pretty yeah, dark. Huh? It was. It Pretty was. Dark. I mean, you know, it was 
you could see it, but it yeah. was just bad. No, I got you. Um, I got and, you. and, you know, the bummer for me as someone that sort of works in that industry is also that the companies I work for, along with thousands of others, have warehouses full of this equipment sitting right now. And they can't yeah. rent yeah. it. They can't get gigs. You know, everything's closed. Everything that is a large gathering. So it's like the cost of renting a technician and a projector Mm-hmm. Uh, or even a set of four projectors, you know, is really not that much. I guess it's all a matter of like what they wanted their profits to be. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. is ArcLight, you know, it, it wasn't like it was a random ArcLight is like the premier movie theater chain in LA. Right. And yeah, sure. they have such high standards for that stuff in their theater. So this was me going in, okay, well, at least it's ArcLight, at least they'll have high standards. And then you get there and they're like, well, those standards didn't really translate to this event right, at all. Right. And, you know, they could have just rented stuff. They or they could have they could have done better. It was just a matter of, you know, money. And uh, yeah. it always is. So whatever. Oh, money. Yeah. Oh, money. Well, well there's, um, a, there's a lot of other there, things that are new. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I could I could go on and on and on and on because I think this is the longest stretch we've had since we started. I think recording. probably for a while. Um, yeah. So we're both gonna have a bunch, and people are just home more than more than they've been. You guys but, um, keep listening. Re- yeah, we know. They'll we know listen. In don't 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 um, change that dial. <laughs> well, I did. I just wanted to re- let me rattle off a couple, and then yes. I'll let you no, let no, you yeah, rattle off me. some. But um, did you watch any of this? Is going back a little ways, but any of the Grant documentary that DiCaprio uh, produced for History Channel? No. Um, so it's like a three parter. Um, I thought it was really good, man. I, I never know if this is just that I'm more of a history buff and people aren't going to dig that, but I, I just thought in the way that like a History Channel documentary would be, this felt so superior to what normally it was a would true get. documentary or was a reenactment type deal. Uh, re- reenactment. Yeah. Um, for, for a lot of it, it was kind of, you know, a little bit blended, Mixed, but, um, yeah. but yeah, about, uh, Ulysses S. Grant and cool. a lot of interesting stuff, man. Very, very topical and relevant to now, sort of in our memory of him versus our memory of, uh, Civil War generals for the South. Right. And kind of, and it, and it's sort of what I thought was most interesting is in the last part, the third part, it kind of went into that and sort of why what was told and what trickled down went that way in a way kind of the flavor of the country where we were kind of the way things could have gone the way things did go really interesting man it's a, i mean it's a long one it's like maybe seven or eight hours because each cool. one i think is like an hour and a half to two hours but um but that was really good watch some uh old classic ones i don't know if you've ever uh the heard of the documentary high school that was produced back in the 60s i've been no. trying to watch that for years and years and years oh. um oh. kind of expected it to be boring but sort of wanted to see it because it was this iconic sort of piece of you know american history that was they just went into the school and like showed you what it was like in the 60s interesting and honestly man it was it was pretty funny because we had just watched vast of night oh, and there, sure. there is some, you know similar. just in terms yeah, of yeah. the set yeah like i was like oh there's uh, some of this feels similar <laughs> but a lot more interesting and uh than i thought it would be honestly it yep. held my attention throughout um also um the uh there's a movie that i don't really know how i feel about and i think i texted you about it but did you see under the silver lake yeah, sure. With, I saw uh, it when Andy it Garfield. when it because it had a weird release schedule and it kind of leaked at some point because uh-huh. everybody was like, "Oh, it's not even going to come out in theaters or whatever." And uh and I, I don't know what happened with A24. A lot of people the rumor was that they buried it because of how bad it was and it's uh-huh. like yeah. that uh-huh. doesn't make sense. There's got I would love to know what happened with that movie because right. I really enjoyed it. 
I don't necessarily <laughs> I blame anyone for not liking it. It's yeah, totally me subjective. Neither. Me um, neither. But, but when it was done, I was just like, yeah, I dug that. That was weird and fun, and I enjoyed yeah. so much of it. It was so, you know, per- perfectly weird and noiry. And, and at the end of the day, it's A24. They make weird movies. What the yeah. fuck are people talking? Oh, it's too weird. They hated it and they buried it. I've, I heard that from a few th- people. I think Lander said that. I don't know. So, right. <laughs> but for even yeah, friends. I and I was like, I didn't get it. No, th- that's what they do. They support the artists and the artist puts out a movie and right. they go, here's this weird thing. You know, we love it. Right. And we love it for what it is. It's our child. You know, we don't, <laughs> we don't, right. we don't pick yeah, favorites. We don't, judge it. We don't pick we favorites. And, uh, I don't know. I, I felt the exact same way you did. And, and I also want to echo what you said where i would not necessarily recommend it to anyone yeah no exactly like you have to i I just i'm not gonna say i know you would like this no never but but i liked it yes in all its weirdness and i was just on board for that ride yeah um but i couldn't stop thinking about it i I just kept going back to it and i and i don't know you know i couldn't say oh yeah here's what everything means and here's no that's not even important to me (laughs) yeah yeah but um but yeah that was kind of a wild ride we watched uh just mercy uh, which oh really God! I, um, well, I saw that in the theater. I available. loved that. Oh man, yeah. yeah. And I, I love man Michael B. Jordan. His stock just keeps rising for me. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I would put him in pretty much anything. At this Even point. Jamie Fox, though. I don't. I, would... I haven't seen him in anything that yeah. kind of in that significant of a role. Collateral is one of my all time favorite movies, and like yeah, to to right. see him really, you know, dig into it. I yeah, so so good. I, I want to come back to him when yeah. we're in the news segment. Okay. So help me remember Jamie sure, Foxx. Yeah. But uh, the, the last one I wanted to mention, did you watch any of Eurovision? The, uh, yeah, I loved Will it. Will Smith. I, that's on my li- li- the end of my list of a few more to say. Eurovision we so hard. was um, we so better hard. than I thought it would be. Um, it was definitely slow in the middle. You know, I, I That first act and that third act were so good to me. Um, and yeah. I, I laughed out loud so many times even though there's a lot of stupid comedy in it too oh there's a lot of really really solid bits not to mention just the fact that i don't know how often we see rachel mcadams to do something like this but she's a fucking treasure she (laughs) was the best part she's she was the best the best part and she i don't know where she even comes from like being in that movie is so perfect she i I don't know where that comes from you know she's just you where i laughed just convulsively laughed um, <laughs> me, yeah. when uh, and spoiler alert, I wish I could remember. It, but yeah. when when the boat blows up and now they're going and their reaction, her first line is spoiler that alert: elves went too far. <laughs> that that was definitely one of those. One hundred percent, I think that's the best line in the movie. But there's oh a there's a couple God. of lines, and they're pretty much all delivered by her. Where right. I just couldn't, I could, I paused it and walked away. I couldn't even. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, and, and then like, I actually ended up watching some interviews about how this is just a thing that people know about, you know, not in American culture, right. but, uh, and Will Ferrell was visiting some family, you know, from Europe right. and basically they turned him onto it like 20 years ago. The elf and thing. he was like, well, th- there'll be a mission. <laughs> there'll be a movie about that. And then there wasn't like 10 years later. And he's like, like, I got to put it in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so like I think it'll also be bigger in in some other cultures. I thought Dan Stevens was also fantastic. He, he was the one who played. You He's know, a the, wonderful he actor, and he also is so subtle and perfect, and not a a, a cartoon character. Yeah, um, he was great. but I really hated the 
choice of voice that they gave him. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like, you know, I know it was supposed to be stupid, but it also we're supposed to believe he's like the best. Yeah, and yeah. It, it just didn't hit for me. I was just like, well, oh, this is stupid. Technical did you choice. pick up on like things like, okay, say so he had roses all over his jacket when you first see him and he played the beast in Beauty and the Beast, you know, the roses. Right, like, right, right. There's a lot of little oh, things no, like sure. that, too. I mean, yeah, they, it obviously was a, a – it was an affect of that character that right, right. was appropriate, but I was just like, it's it wasn't good. It wasn't, wasn't good. <laughs> you know, I feel <laughs> like enough. you could have made it – deep and weird but also enjoyable to listen to um but uh well, also our yeah, man whatever. pierce pierce yeah. brosnan being is so good is so yeah, good who, who i loved <laughs> and i was very happy he didn't sing after seeing mama yeah Mia, so, right he, uh, better he, to keep him he really did a great job in the little bit <laughs> he that he was good. in uh, um, anyway, th- those are the big ones I wanted to cover. And yeah. I've seen a bunch, but uh, but rattle off some more. Well, that he, uh, oh, so that there. perfectly brings me to yesterday. So I have one, two, three, four, five movies I watched yesterday, um, wow. and essentially Let's in a row. Ring, I woke up and watched Hamilton, and I have some thoughts about that. Um, obviously, I guess you haven't seen this Hamilton movie yet on Disney. We have. You watched it. I don't know okay. why. I don't know why I didn't bring that up. Okay, <laughs> I guess Did I wasn't you... thinking about it as a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. um, right. So I am one of those people that never saw it. You know, on Broadway or off Broadway. I know a lot of people were supposed either. to go to Hamilton right when this coronavirus hit or during you we know were. May June. Yeah, people had tickets and then obviously couldn't. So this is a nice consolation um, to have this. But I maybe I'm just an asshole. I just uh, there it, it it's it's a technical marvel. Like I really I believe that it's it's just outstanding. Technically, there are a few standout people in it, but it's I at no point was I like oh this is the best thing. I I watched it and I got through it and it's you know whatever. I don't know. Let's fight because we loved it. <laughs> sure. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. There's no. just so many things about it that are not for me. I am not saying that that someone that loves Broadway and I mean you you've seen a lot of Broadway. You've oh yeah, obviously had a background in you know musical yeah. theater and singing and all these things. And I don't have any right. of that. I haven't seen much Broadway. Um, I much prefer um, you know uh, a, a dramatic stage performance rather than a musical. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, I know that this is like the the pinnacle of Broadway mm-hmm. in the last probably mm-hmm. twenty years, at least, sure. if not yeah, ever. Definitely. I don't, I don't know, but I, I know that that's the case. I'm not saying it's not. Um, I just there there were so many things about it that I mean, not to mention that Lin Manuel, we know that he's wildly talented. I can't wait for In the Heights. There's so mm-hmm. many things that oh, he's been a part mm-hmm. of that are just fucking gold. Um, but he's not a good singer, <laughs> so I'm like the whole right. movie. Not, not I'm just like, the most amazing uh, he's the star, like and he's like so not sure. very good. Sure. Um, and then you know there were a couple of characters. I did write them down because I don't really know these people, but um, uh, I forget the character's name. But the actress Renee Elise Goldsberry, who plays um, mm. the sister that he kind of has the the yep. verbal yep. or the written affair with. Um, uh, there's a song she does called Satisfied. I think that was my favorite of the movie or of the play. Um, and not to she mention was the that most talented person I thought t- yeah, to on, me, actually both her and her sister, both of those characters. I just think their voices and say. their voice. Control. Eliza is the sister. Yeah. And Eliza, I thought the emotion she conveyed. Yeah. To be honest, when they're tight, I remember thinking, yeah, everything live, you lose something when you don't have it live and it's sure. built to be live, sure. but you actually picked up more 
I mean, shit, those were real tears. It's right, that was right in front of fully, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, went, and I was like, you wouldn't get this in, in the theater. A hundred percent. I, I, I thought they were both outstanding, and and there Angelica are, and Eliza, by the way. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, um, th- those were just you know, if you, how many songs are there? Twenty, thirty, forty? I don't know. Mm, but it was right. like a couple of songs where I was blown away, and then the right. rest, I was like, all right, yep, this is a play. Um, <laughs> I thought that the lighting and sound and everything were all fantastic, and yeah, they do such a, an amazing technical job. Um, but but what I'm really excited about, I guess, what my takeaway was is that um, <clears throat> you know, this is a huge huge production for and it mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. you know continues um i don't know how common it is for the the filmed version of a play to be released on any format but i know that we don't really see it much there might be dvds out there of most you know like plays i, I don't really know how they come out but right. at right. the end of the day what we need is more of this or I, I think we do after maybe it's run its course for a few years and you mm-hmm. you have just like they did at the end of the original cast um, you you do this nice filmed version and then you put it on a streaming service because here's here's what I feel about it. You loved it. There are people that uh, never see plays, have never seen a yep. play, especially on yep. Broadway. Um, and I'm sort of, I mean, I've seen a couple, but but it's definitely not high on my list. People in right. New York tend to see more of it. Yep. Um, yep. But there are literally hundreds of millions of Americans, billions of people around the world that are just not in the pool. They're not even options in the pool of people that would see this thing. And what that means to me critically is that what you have is something, something like Hamilton is like 100% from critics, not just talking about this movie version, but like it's uniformly at a hundred percent from everyone. Well, it's a hundred percent of the people that would see a play. Right. I know I'm not breaking any new ground by saying that, but it's like, how about that's not a real representation for how this thing would play with human beings? It's how it would play with musical critics. It's it's an art form that's more specific in terms of people who know it to a group that naturally likes it. It's just like we talked about you go to that movie at the New Bev and it's going to be just fans. Yeah. That's a little different than when it's wide release and some people don't like it. And you're hitting on a good thing. Maybe they discovered something that actually is very helpful in this in that, oh, yeah, this is an untapped market. Now that we've got streaming, mm-hmm. we can keep bringing this out and at least more people are seeing it right. or people who can't get the tickets and can't go to it. Right. Um, but you will have more division. And uh, like, for example, even this, like if you just look on Facebook, has been kind of dividing, right? It's, I would say it's probably it's two to one. Yeah. And you have nowhere to go but down. Like, no, I don't get it. You are at like this right, pinnacle. Everyone wants it to be and, the most incredible and thing it's, ever. And now I'm one of those people sure. where I was just like, I, uh, okay. It's whatever. a lot like if somebody were to watch uh, Star Wars uh, for the first time, yeah. like on Newcomers. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and they know everything like in pop culture. Yeah, but they've, about they've it. also I've had, they've it. also had access to that forever. So it's, it's a, it's, For a, sure. it's For like, sure. I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is that I want to see more of this so that I have the vocabulary and I have the right. appreciation for right. what, the, what the variety is in this space, but I, how would I ever fucking watch one of these things? I'm, yeah, I'm and yeah. I'm also. No, I, I think you're right though. I don't know. I think you're right though. And in terms of uh, just just grading, like you said, people who love it only giving the reviews of it yeah. is always different. And this is why we talk about like even if you look on the IMDb rankings of movies, which you know is probably the again the biggest yeah. and most specific ranking worldwide that you've got. Right. You still have this blend of movies that everyone's seen, where you're going to mm-hmm. get a bunch of ranks and reviews sure. all over the board from you know what people are into to these smaller films and independent films and experimental films 
that the people who like them have checked out and a bunch of people who would grade them like a zero out of 10 are never going to watch them. So it skews also. There's no way to get a perfect idea. No, not at all. But it it, it Um, seems to me like the goal, maybe not the goal, but what what kind of pads this to be a little bit more um, uh, equal and a a little less divisive is – just expose people to as much as possible. Give give people as much variety as possible, and we obviously mm-hmm. have that with streaming. But um, yeah, make it make it available, and then people can can choose. And you know, things will level out, and there will maybe maybe we'll check some egos along the way. You know, yeah. Um, yeah but sure. uh, anyways, I don't know. It, you know, it, it's not like it wasn't enjoyable. But um, yeah. But I just yeah, yeah, gotcha. I, that was where I was. Um, I watched a documentary called Twenty Forty. That's like a very okay. creative um, kind of artistic take on a documentary. Um, it's uh, it's a, a young guy that is an fil- Australian filmmaker. It's an Australian movie. And he goes around and is envisioning what the year 2040 will look like. Um, oh, from oh. a from a technological and from a you know a, a climate change and from an environmental aspect, Dude, I'd be so interested in this. He, yeah, he he looks at what 2040 could be. If we use technologies that are up and coming now um, that he goes and finds out about, essentially. So he kind of takes it one thing at a time, like, okay, how do we solve energy? How do we solve, you know, water? How do we solve, you know, all these things? Well, yeah, right. Um, But I guess the point is that it's it's oversimplified. Of course, this is not a hard hitting, you know, piece of journalism. It's it's more of a creative kind of wish list of a movie. Um, but it is very interesting. Um, and he's very sweet at how he goes about it. And it has the same energy. If you saw the biggest little farm last year, do you remember watching that? It has that same energy of just like, we know we can't, you know, do everything, but here's some hope in, in, in kind of farming. And here's some hope in, you know, uh, in the world to, you know, kind of counteract, all of the negativity that you hear about things, um, there are there are ways that we can kind of fix things. Um, and, well, and that'll be and, nice. And easily <laughs> I need some of that. So uh, so watch twenty forty. Um, the last few I watched yesterday, I watched a movie called Baby Teeth, which is an indie movie from last year, but it just came out on VOD uh, this week. I think it's also I don't know why, but that title makes me uncomfortable. Baby Teeth. Yeah, it should. <laughs> I don't know it, why. It should. Um, it's, oh, no. it's, um, it's an Australian movie and it stars Eliza Scanlon who, did you guys see sharp objects on HBO? Did you watch that Amy Adams show? Um, uh, no, like last year. No. no. Um, no. you watched little women though last year, right? Yep. yep. She was the youngest Loved it. sister that dies. Um, oh, I forget her, okay. that character's name, but anyways, yeah. she's a very young actress and she's definitely up and coming, but she's the star of this. And uh, it's essentially a, a super kind of fucked up dysfunctional family that she's in. Um, and she kind of falls in love with the bully from the wrong side of the tracks kind of situation. Um, right, right, right. And anyways, I, I highly recommend watching that. Um, I watched Irresistible, John Stewart's. Do uh, you remember this from trailers right. and whatnot? Yeah. The, the like yeah. political campaign movie. Um, right. I really had a lot of problems with it. <laughs> I struggled through most of it. Uh, at the end, it kind of redeems itself a bit, but okay. um, man, it was—I uh, don't know. I'd be curious to know your 
your uh, take on it if you watch okay, Irresistible. Seen it, but yeah, maybe we'll check it out. Um, and the last one that you have to watch, I don't know how you and Jess are with war movies, more current war movies, but this is called The Outpost. Um, okay. And it's uh, just on VOD recently, the last few days, I think. Um, it is uh, from the director of like The Last Castle and some other stuff. He's yeah, kind of an obscure director. He hasn't done a ton. But um, like Orlando Bloom is in this. Scott Eastwood is one of the main stars. Um, okay. And Scott's been in some stuff recently and not been that great in it. Um, right. This uh, this is a really, really wonderfully directed and written and acted movie on, on everybody's part. Like there's a, not a single weak link in this movie. Um, okay. It's one of the better action like real action movies I've ever seen. If you, I would put it in absolutely in the category of a, of a hurt locker or a zero dark 30. It's same, same caliber. Um, it's, uh, a a true story about an outpost in Afghanistan that is kind of constantly bombarded by insurgents. Um, but just, front to back so well done of an action movie and incredibly heartbreaking and interesting um okay. and just good action you know um in in the way that only like a Catherine Bigelow or like Clint Eastwood also obviously um yeah. has done a lot yeah. of that uh you know an American sniper type situation but um anyways highly highly recommend The Outpost uh to okay. everyone that can watch a war movie Cool, cool. I am definitely um, down. That's that the end of my list. <laughs> so there's a, there's a yeah, lot I think, of new stuff. Yeah, well, um, I, I have not watched nearly as much uh, TV, but um, oh, did yeah. you did you touch on any? I don't think we touched yeah, on Yeah, well, TV. so what what have you watched? Because that might I mean, kick I, us I, off. I, yeah, yeah I, covered, I covered Grant, uh, that documentary okay, series. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is not anything narrative. Um, but have you seen any of the Netflix show The Floor is Lava? No. Have you seen the previews for this? I don't think so. Yeah, every kid in the world has played the game when they were sure. kids. Okay, Floor is, is it Lava. Is that adult, an adult version or something? Yes. And, it, <laughs> dude, I can't tell you how much I enjoy just putting it on in the background. Um, that sounds just so sort of dumb. discovered it. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. So it's for $10,000. And the it guy really who's dumb. sitting there, it seems like it's just a guy. I haven't done any research, but... Um, who has money, you know what I mean? And or he's hosting right. and came up with the idea. And he's like, all right, guys, if you can make it through this room, I'm going to give you $10,000. You know, he seems <laughs> to really, really be enjoying himself. And it's just like this room of, you know, red liquid lava. And but there's like couches and stuff, you know, across the room. And, you know, you can try to scale the wall, you know, with pictures. I mean, everything's built to be able to kind of jump across. And it's teams of three. And they just try to make it from one end of the room to the other. And it's you know obviously pretty difficult on a lot of the. It's, does it feel like a, like a Nickelodeon type show, like a really cheesy, like everyone's wearing a red helmet like type of situation, yeah, yeah. like an adult one? Okay, uh, yeah, for sure. And okay. you know the, all the teams are real kind of cheesy, and they're trying to work cool. together. And you know it's just whoever you're timed, and also how many people do you get to the end? Sure, and plenty of teams don't make it at all and just fall into the lava. But it's just, it's I, just I want to see more of this because there's such a nostalgia factor for those of us you know 90s you know early 90s yeah. kids yeah, yeah. that um uh that watched you know obviously hidden temple and guts and all these right, nickelodeon right, right, shows right. and i just feel like there's pl- I, I some of that might be in the works now i don't know but it just seems like that would be some fun shit um 
because well, Ellen Ellen has one also, and I'm oh, I don't really? remember what it's called. Yeah, but, like a um, competition show. Yeah, it's like it's like maybe six or seven people, and it, it it seems like when I watch hers, I'm like someone is going to absolutely break an arm, right? Or or you know at some point, and the show will end <laughs> just because right. like it seems so violent. It's um, so but hard she's got for one me to, going on now too to watch these kind of things without a narrative. It in my head it doesn't connect. Yeah. like I'm yeah. I'm not capable of being like yeah i'm gonna watch this thing that goes nowhere <laughs> well <laughs> that's kind of the reason i, also, I bring yeah. it up because that's not my thing really either um and i wish it was i, I wish know. i could turn my brain off enough to right, have something right. on in the background while i cook or something like that but yeah I, yeah I can't, no, I, get I, can't. I get you i get you well the other thing that um this isn't really necessarily tv but those zoom meetings um that uh that they've been doing with different casts for oh um, sure yeah, you know, yeah movies and stuff. I, we watched the Ferris Bueller one. Oh, I meant to watch that. I didn't the last one of the you know cool, cool. season. Was I guess good? if you call it a season. Yeah, man, those are just real enjoyable. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you're a fan or whatever, they're enjoyable. But this one particularly, I really liked, and um, just everybody's take some of the some of the things they bring on Ben Stein, and he's just oh shit. A, a freaking joy to really? watch. Like he's just so gracious and so just such a sweet guy, and um. Jennifer Grey is there. You know, it's just all all of them are, are, are sure. there other than Rooney, understandably. But um but it's a lot of fun. It's oh, that's great. Worth, uh, worth Wait, was Rooney out. there? No, okay. Rooney um Rooney had some has some real shady stuff. I think No, no, I know. Jail. I know him. I've yeah, met him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. shit, that's right. His name's Jeffrey Jones. Uh but anyways, yeah, he yeah, I'm not going to go into <laughs> What, yeah, yeah. What and what and how, but yeah, he's, right. uh, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting guy. Yeah, he was not there. He was, I was probably the one. That I was, was just on. curious. I'm like, are they allowing him to go? Are they doing this <laughs> or has society been okay with yeah, that? Are we, like are not we, right have now. we uncanceled him? Um, anyway, anyways, um, what well, would you, uh, so TV wise, uh, I don't have that much either, but, um, a couple of things that had finales. I wanted to see if you watched like the, the Mandalorian making of had it, had its last episode. Did you watch that? Yeah. We watched Fucking all great. The, the thing that cracked me up, not to mention that the whole, the whole like last many episodes of that was so good. And the fact that they have the whole like, um, cosplay group come in at the end, uh, right. to be stormtroopers, but the ice cream maker, gag is so fun i did i never knew that character me but neither. that's just such a I gem i would think i would have known that such a and gem and how have we never known or how have i i didn't know it um and kind of disappointed in myself really yeah exactly it. really 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 good um i uh billions you guys don't watch billions do you mm-hmm. on showtime don't watch billions, um, billions had a m- kind of a mid-season finale so this is an interesting case for what the coronavirus did um it uh, obviously halted production and things mm-hmm. that production halted on for the most part are just kind of waiting. They're postponing their seasons or whatever. Well, this got cut right in half. Um, they were supposed to have, I think 12 or 14 episodes for the season and they right. had only done seven. And so they went ahead and aired them um, at, with essentially like it's a short season. They're calling it a mid season finale because they're uh-huh. going to gear up. But also in the news, they're talking about how, like, well, this is kind of changing everything because the storylines in the show should reflect coronavirus now. So they're like, right. oh, well, maybe we'll completely rewrite the next seven episodes. So it's a <laughs> really weird um, example of how a show kind of went ahead and, and did their, you know, showed yeah. their episodes. Yeah. But the eerie thing is that in that final episode, episode seven, which you can only assume the most recently it would have filmed would have been early March because we kind of shut down New York. It mostly shoots right. in New York. Right. You know, it, it probably shut down mid 
March, maybe earlier, maybe it was late February. There's a fucking coronavirus reference at a meeting in the show where the guys, you know, at this boardroom table, he's the treasurer, tre- secretary of the treasury of the United States. And he says something like, uh, <laughs> I should have actually, I should have pulled the clip. That would have been satisfying. Um, but <laughs> he says something like, uh, you know, do this, do that. I'm not going to get coronavirus. That shit stays. And he's like yelling at everybody, like, you know, handle your shit. And he's using coronavirus as a, as just like yeah. an example of something that's, yeah. terrible and and evil but it's like pre you know all of this and what a weird thing to have it in the dialogue and acted um but even though that might have been well after like stuff was already happening in china and everything anyways right so that was very weird um but other tv that i've been watching um my buddy Corey uh has asked me for probably years now uh to watch dark (laughs) have we talked about dark at all Mm -mm. are you aware of it she's never asked me (laughs) <laughs> so dark is um dark is a sci-fi show on netflix that i think you'd really love or at least i know about it very much bit. like but yeah. it is in german so you got lots of subtitles to read mm-hmm. um and uh and and it's tough because you're committing to entire seasons of a show yeah. in german yeah. so you're like oh man i really got to watch this um which is fine once you once you find the time but um it is uh cory had said it's just such wonderful sci-fi and it really is Mm. but it's also so similar to so many other types of kind of weird sci-fi we've had in the last few years yeah it feels very very similar from an origin standpoint to things like donnie darko and lost um and to some degree maybe even twin peaks um recent stuff that it's super similar to is tales from the loop which is that amazon show that you know we mentioned months ago um, very, very similar to Stranger Things. It's in the same vein, and I think they kind of are playing off of each other. Um, even Counterpart, that show we loved, uh, yeah. it has a lot of yeah. similarities to Counterpart. Counterpart. Um, so it, it's it's really wonderful, and it's very dense, and uh, the performances are outstanding. Um, but it is also like I feel like all of these things are so saturated, all these types of sci-fi. I, there's just so much of right. it. Um, but I highly recommend it. Um, if you can get through it, they just released their third and final season. So it's just a three season show. Each season's like, uh, you know, 10 episodes or whatever. And I think they're about 50 minutes a piece. So anyways, that's on Netflix. Highly recommend that Yellowstone season three just started back up. That's really good. Um, you know, who's on board for Yellowstone now and very hyped about it. My mom and my brother. Oh, they watch it. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they've been looking for stuff and looking for stuff. Kevin Costner, man, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, they've got specific things that they like and lots of stuff they don't like. You know, I wouldn't recommend everything across the board to them. But I was thinking from the beginning, even having not seen it, I was like, I bet they'd like that. And then they did these marathons because they both just got regular TV and they did these marathons and they both like recorded all the first and second seasons and just caught up before the third season kicked (laughs) off. And they're, they're both down, man. They're on board. Now they're telling me about it. It's, it's really, really, um, a, uh, it's a really good, uh, visually it's really good. It's, it's mm-hmm. really well acted. Um, but it, over these few seasons, it's gotten a little bit more soapy maybe than I'd okay. like it to be. Um, but it's still very satisfying. Um, okay. and everybody in it, I, I don't know. Also it's, it's more just like, I like seeing 
Yellow, I, I like. I mean, they're in actually Montana or wherever they are. I don't know, but very, right. very satisfying environments. Um, there's a couple of HBO shows that just started up that I want to mention. Um, Perry Mason started. Um, yeah. did, did you, you watch, watch any of it? Mm-mm. I think the trailer looks great. I haven't watched yeah, it yet. The, I I want you to watch it because I feel like it's it's in your wheelhouse. Um, and it the first episode worried me a little bit. I was kind of hesitant. I was like, this might not be of the HBO quality that we are expecting. Um, because of course, HBO, you think of, you know, you think of Sopranos, you think of, uh, the wire, you think of all these things that are just so fucking good. But, um, or with this, you think of, uh, what's some other uh, detective stuff on HBO. I don't know. I was comparing it to some, Oh, like this is not detective, but like I was comparing it to boardwalk empire a little bit. It's kind of like similar era. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and and so by the second episode though of Perry Mason, I'm pretty sold. Amazing cast. You got John Lithgow is like the the lawyer, and mm-hmm. you know um, Matthew Rees is Perry Mason, and just wonderful wonderful supporting cast. Um, lots of like gore, lots of like really gritty, gory body okay. shit. You know, like people dead. Um, you know, not, not uh, turning away from that kind of shining yeah, a light it, right on it. Yeah, they're, they're it's pretty gory. Yeah, um, some of it. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I I think by the end of the second episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm way into this. Um, right, right. Really good. Oh, and it's also, you know, right on the heels of the bullshit Hollywood show that was on Netflix. And it's this, essentially yeah, the yeah. same era. You didn't like they that both one. take place in L.A. And I like this so much better. It still weaves in Hollywood a bit. And, you know, it's the golden era. And um, it, this is more what I wanted that to be. Um, the last okay. TV show I'll mention is I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is a documentary series that just started on HBO about the Golden State Killer and Pat. We Oswald's. watched the first one of those. Yeah, Jess late, is so late into this. Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm super psyched for the rest of this show. I think we got five more episodes of that. So I was interested um, too. Yeah, I, I got pulled in more than I thought I would. Fucking great, um, man. Yeah, um, the, it just very really interesting really and very well sad. made. Yeah, yeah, it's very well made in the cloud that hangs over it. Obviously, as you know, what ends up yeah. happening to Patton's wife, but right, but like that, uh, yeah, I w- I'm I'm on board. I totally agree. That's one that I would recommend, kind of to anybody, unless they just had an aversion to crime stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, unless they just don't. No, like literally anybody, because it it is um as the documentary says, no one really knows about this this case yeah. and this killer yeah. the way that we know about other famous serial killers and rapists and other things. Um, so this, this is very significant. Um, right. Anyways, that's, uh, that's all I got on the, b- 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 the TV. Um, oh, and there's also one thing I haven't seen is unsolved mysteries started on Netflix. So that's, yeah. I did you watch any either, of it? I saw no. that that, no, I saw that that was a thing now. We'll and, have to, uh, we'll have to watch that. I bet yeah, that's, yeah, no, I bet that's, that's fun. I'd be down. I'd be down. Well, um, let's well talk that's about it for news. us guys. No, yeah. Right. Let's talk um, about some Yeah. News. Let's do jump into news. Cause I'm, uh. I'm, I'm, I think we I'm have ready. to start out always with who has recently passed away. Um, Carl Reiner died the other day at 98. That's what a legend. Kind of, that's kind of the big one. Um, you know, he's very old. Him and Mel Brooks are best friends, and Mel Brooks is also very old. Yeah, 98. Carl I know. Reiner. I'm just holding my breath for Mel Brooks I now. Know. I, I know he hasn't done anything in a long time, and he's had a great long life, yep. but I just never want him to die. Sure. Well, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, ever. That's what I mean. Um yeah. I, I, I just want to quote real quickly, and I, I don't think she ever has listened to our podcast, yeah, but did you ever meet, um, she's a kind of more of an acquaintance of mine than anything, but she was a friend of Stevie's, uh, Courtney Walden. She worked at Sony oh, yeah. for a while. Oh, yeah, I know Courtney. Sure. So um, she wrote something that is my favorite thing that I've seen. Yeah, shoot. Maybe about any uh, like 
I don't know, actor or icon that you that you like about Carl, Carl Reiner. And she's got a picture of them together. Mm-hmm. I don't know when she met him. And she said, Carl Reiner, this man of men, and then uh, had a broken heart. And she said, I knew he couldn't live forever, but I'm glad he tried. Oh. And I was like, it's very That's really well, well put. Really and I'm well stealing said. it. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm only citing my source because I, I feel too bad not to do sure, it. Sure, yeah. But um, but I just I thought that was really sweet and and I agree. And I kind of felt this way even with Kirk Douglas recently. You know, yeah. we're we're losing some of the people who have literally been around for a century. And you do get into that weird time where yeah. they're not like actively making stuff now, but they do kind of seem like they've just been here forever and they pop up on old interviews. And for me, like my brother was just like, "Who's that?" Right, and didn't immediately have any recollection we were like well you know, he worked with Mel Brooks and he's got his hands on tons of things and he's a great yeah. creative force but then I remembered I was like he's the older guy 20 years ago in Ocean's Eleven he's the one who might be too old yes. for you know the con <laughs> 20 yeah. years ago yeah and then he was immediately like oh yeah and he knew exactly who he was so yep. um and of course he knew his son you know when you bring up right. Rob Reiner right and rattle off stuff and that's what Matt knew well speaking of uh classic Hollywood stars still alive uh did you know Olivia de Havilland is still alive she's 104 yes yes <laughs> and I I saw I an follow... article about her the other day I was like holy shit you know what's funny I've been kind of tracking her each year because just IMDb just puts up the birthdays right for a while now because she like one of her <laughs> earliest starring roles is one of my favorite old movies like old classic crowd-pleasing hollywood and it's the adventures of robin hood with errol flynn but she was also in santa fe trail she she was coupled with errol flynn a bunch that was one of those on-screen couples um and some westerns that it never made sense that errol flynn was in them because he had a british accent but but she made sense right um and i just thought i remember i saw the movie when i was very young and and she just left an impression on me, like w- weirdly, like somebody yeah. from a different era shouldn't have. And to think that that was 1938 right. and she was like 22 or 21 <laughs> uh, when that came out. Right. And that she's now alive and 104 yep. is really, truly insanity. I mean, uh, to be wild. born in 1916 and be literally we think alive we're getting during older, two world wars. But then you talk <laughs> about people like yeah. this, you know, it's like. It's yeah, it's not so, so young. Um, it's totally nuts. So also, uh, Joel Schumacher died. He was 80. Um, yeah. Pour one out. That's a, a big director, uh, loss. Um, you know, he, um, they give him know, a lot of shit. Yeah. I, I was just going to say he really, he really he's takes got a, a lot of shit. Long career. Yeah. I mean, a yeah. lot of movies. Right. Joel Schumacher. So, well, we'll talk about him uh, again later. Uh, Ian Holm died also, which that was, uh, he was Bilbo Baggins, baby. Yeah, which Bilbo I don't Baggins. Yeah, have I that. Know, I know you're sad. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> I know, man. Just yeah, but uh, but but no. But also, we, I man, mean, Alien. I mean, you know, you think of Ian um, uh, Fifth Element. Fifth Element. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, what a career. The day after tomorrow. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> just just keep don't remember that one. Slowly, um, <laughs> slowly moving away from uh, this Okay, so I'm going to rattle off some some news uh, quickly. Um, AMC sent out an email uh, trying to dispel all the rumors about their financial situation. Um, we are up to a supposed release date now of, uh, or not release date, but open date of movie theaters starting mm-hmm. around the country July 30th. Um, mm-hmm. It was supposed okay. to be July 1st, um, which would have allowed movies like um, Tenet and Mulan to come out this month. Yeah. But yeah. those have both been pushed back to August. Um, so like Tenet is now August 12th. Mulan is now August 21st. Um, but the point to all that is that the AMC email gave me a little bit of hope because it was from the CEO. And he was just like, hey, it was kind of like a, the the uh, 
what is it? The line, the rumors of my death are greatly exaggerated kind of thing. <laughs> he was just like, no, we're fine. We have a bunch of new, he said something like they have 500 million in investment capital that they've, you know, um, yeah. got in the last you know few months. So uh, I'm not worried about them, but um, obviously they got to open safely. Um, yeah. I'm still uh, Cobra sure Kai. Work, but yeah. Yeah. Ne- Netflix bottom. So that's good. So Netflix now owns it, and that's all that we wanted. We didn't want it I'm to ready. go to some weird network. We wanted Netflix to have it because it feels like a Netflix show. And yeah, uh, the good sure. part is season three that hasn't been released yet has already been made. So right. all they have to do is repackage it, put the logo at the front, and hit play. Pretty great. <laughs> so Pretty great. Hopefully, ready hopefully to go. that happens. Let's have it tomorrow. We'll have it tomorrow. Yeah, we right, should have right. it tomorrow. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Um, uh, I, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, but uh, – David Kep, you know, is not writing Indiana Jones three now, and so he decided after the whole Indiana Spiel- Jones five. What did I say? Three. That's all right. I said three. Yeah. I have it written right. Yeah, there. we watched. Three. <laughs> I watched party, so it's all good. <laughs> Why did I say three? Yeah, Indiana Jones five. Work. Um, so he, after Spielberg left and James Mangold took over, he's decided to back away from that. So that's a okay. good thing. I think it'll let James Mangold do whatever he wants to do without. Right. Because David Kep has written some of our favorite kind of big action adventure movies. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But he's also written Crystal Skull and like other yeah. stuff. So and it's been a long time. You don't always. You're this not always is firing what we're talking about. Forever. Give it new blood. And I well, think that's so great. are they still developing it? Because to me, I thought yeah they were like shooting by now. Shoot. Yeah, so unless Corona happens, I so. think I, I I what I would imagine happened is that even though they had the script locked uh, or enough that they were going to be in production mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. Um, they used this as an opportunity to push it back a year or more, and just said we're going to scrap it. Um, you have Fair to enough. assume that the pressure that that will now put on Mangold to produce a script um, yeah. might not be the best thing which has right. happened to some other movies uh especially like Star with harrison's Wars and, age and you've, um, you've got to right. be in the back of your mind you're thinking we have to shoot 100 percent point he's almost 80 uh, I, yeah I, I i don't know it's all weird um <laughs> in other like uh, david kep related news um if you go to his website david slash script dash archive he just released a bunch of scanned scripts that are really cool. It looks like his mm. personal copies of scripts um, yeah. and multiple versions, multiple shooting versions of them. So if you're oh, into that awesome. sort of thing, check out yeah. his website. Um, there were a bunch of cool ones on there. Um, and then uh, also in related news, uh, the Jurassic World 3 cast, there's like been some articles written about how Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum are all yep. in it, which is fun. Big um, but big I'm roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what that means, I, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, more than the throwaway cameo that Goldblum had in right, the last right. one, which yeah. was like all of like 30 no, seconds. No dinosaurs in this next one, though. So that's. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm down just for that. Three. Just people. <laughs> just yeah, those just old people. fossils. <laughs> no, no, just, just kidding. It's like that's, it's like the financial restructuring of the company. They're all sitting <laughs> right. at a boardroom. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, Jaws and Jurassic Park feels so American and appropriate right now for yeah. everything that's going on in the country where it's like, yeah. eh, we're going to be in a little bit of don't, danger, don't, but we really do re-open. have to make money at don't some point. Don't reopen. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think we're ready. We can handle it. Doesn't it doesn't really work unless we can we, handle we're it. open. 
what's the worst that anyway. could happen? Um, yeah. So a uh, couple, a couple more things. Uh, Oscars got moved to April 25th, so they would have aired February 28th, 2021. I think for a while there, we were like, are we even going to have an Oscars? But yeah. the reality yeah. is, most of the Oscar-worthy movies come out late in the year, anyways. It's mm-hmm. inevitable that theaters will be open by then, and mm-hmm. all that something needs to be is put in a theater for a very short amount of time to be eligible. Yeah, yeah. So they might not box office might not make a lot of money this year, but there's no reason that all the Oscar worthy movies will not right, get a release right, and, right. and then ultimately get a home release, maybe even in time for the Oscars. Um, well, Spielberg, Spielberg has anything to say about it. Those movies are not going to be <laughs> eligible. No, yeah. He's going to have to re reevaluate himself. <laughs> yeah, it's a different, different Big game. Time. Now look in the mirror. Um, right, right. so, uh, in the category I wrote in the category of what the fuck Michael Keaton <laughs> is returning as Batman in quote yeah. multiple DC universe movies, including the flash movie that there was that have. happening. What or is that something the they fuck? started to negotiate? I, I, um, I read it as fact. Um, I read two articles, but they were both just kind of basic. Um, you know, as excited as I would be to see an old Keaton as like a Batman, like, I feel like the tone of any of these movies will not match in any no, way no, no, the no. tone of a Burton movie. So it's no. not really in that world anyway. So wh- who is Not he, to is mention that we are trusting DC, who yeah. all of their recent movies have been so weird. You know, obviously Joker oh, so kind of yeah. flipped it a bit. Um, but it's all relative to what kind of yeah, vibe that, the that they have. That makes the rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if they have, if they have the, the polished vibe of a lot of these other terrible DC movies, then I'm like, no, Keaton, don't do it. Right. Um, right. Well, I, the I Snyder cut's coming out, bro. And then you're going to see Fuck. that Batman versus um, Superman was the greatest movie ever. And seen. in the category right. of, uh, yeah, no shit. Uh, Disneyland has delayed its opening. <laughs> Dude, the funniest meme I've seen, the funniest dark meme that I've seen this entire time was Disney when Disney first announced they would reopen (laughs) and they just had like just 10 pictures of different Disney movies where the parent dies and it says because Disney will not be satisfied until it kills all of our parents. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. Uh, So so mean and so sad, but also uh, pretty good. That's funny. funny. Um, Um, I I wanted to mention real quick, you saw that Jamie Foxx, it was announced that he'd be playing uh, uh, Mike Tyson. In a buyout. Yes, I did, and I just thought perfect. What, I've been perfect. saying for fifteen years, like we're why ready. Is he, not he, Jamie Fox, really seems like a case study to me. In I don't want to get on a big soapbox and rant here, but everyone knows I'm not saying anything new that Hollywood's pretty whitewashed, and you know, obviously that's just how it's always been, and yeah. making progress. But hopefully, it'll keep going. But Jamie Fox is almost like the best example of that, right? Because you've got a guy who can be incredibly fit and can play any athletic action role. You've got a guy who's got the acting chops for sure. He's got yep. comedic background. He's been a stand-up. Oh, yeah. He can stand do up, any of the yeah. comic side roles, right? He's yep. played a bunch of supporting characters, but he also is like an accomplished musician. <laughs> like he can sing, he can play instruments. What a guy. <laughs> like when you look at Jamie Foxx and you're like, the fact that this guy isn't a, a Will Smith level. And I mean, look, right, I don't know the ins right. and outs. Like it, it's possible he's never pursued stardom. Like he could have a Johnny Depp sure. complex or something, you know, and trying to be pre parts of the Caribbean Johnny Depp or whatever. Right. But more likely it's like, who's not carving this guy out like leading man shit. You know what I mean? Because right. when you, when you look at him, I'm not even like a huge fan of Jamie Foxx. It's just like the dude can do everything. Like there's, yeah. there's nothing that he doesn't fit into 
to be able to carry a film. He's also um, just incredibly likable. You talk about yeah, people with all of these attributes. I mean, Will Smith obviously is he incredibly can sell likable, your movie. but 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 yeah, yeah he but even more than Will Smith because Will Smith especially in recent years has just like a tinge of weird where mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. you get that vibe of like oh, he's he's kind of weird anymore. With his kids um, he's definitely seemed weirder. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I love Will Smith, but um <laughs> Me too. Me but, too. But you Give see Jamie Foxx in an interview or whatever, and you're like, oh, this guy's so fucking cool and, and nice and like really, yeah, really relatable. Um, Seems like you could have a beer with him. It'd be fun. What a Yeah, what a guy. I, I don't know. But anyway. yeah, I'm excited for anything he's in. Um, also in the category of people in movies, Kate Blanchett is set to star in a Lucille Ball biopic. That's pretty cool. I think oh, that's great okay. casting, and I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I'll watch anything with Kate Blanchett. I think she's the most uh, talented actor thousand or actress in the world. Boom. Uh, Margot Robbie's going to be another Lord Pirates. of the Rings alum, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, Margot Robbie. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, sure, I whatever. think if you're rebooting and carrying that on, I like her as much as anybody. So, they, like, I saw that and I went, "Cool, I'll see it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I say, do feel like now it's a little bit. Sorry, I'm, I know I'm stepping on your no, toes that's here, okay. but I, I like it does feel a little unfair and problematic. You can reboot anything anytime, but they clearly ousted Johnny Depp based on allegations made against him. That have now become clear yeah. that are not accurate, right. right? And I and I'm not saying they need to bring him back. And he probably wouldn't want to now anyway. Right. But that feels now pretty shitty. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, he carried your eh. franchise, made all this money. Um, it is what it is. And then now you're yeah. out. But but whatever. Well, they say this one is not the reboot. There is a reboot happening or in development. Oh. This is not a reboot. It is uh, apparently like the, when I first read this article, this Collider article, it was like. It is not the reboot, and it's not a spinoff. And I was like, "Well, it's got to be one of those." <laughs> yeah, I got. It, I swear to God, because I have, I have, I have, I have notes that was like, "It's not a spinoff?" Question mark. And then I reread the article yesterday, and I think they updated the article to reflect. Don't use that verbiage because, yeah, it's, it's gotta be one of those. Yeah. It's it's either a reboot or it's what a spinoff because she, by definition, she wasn't in the other movies. Yeah. So Dude, if she dresses as Johnny Depp <laughs> She's playing Depp. Jack Sparrow <laughs> and we make a meta documentary right, right, right. style Pirates of the Caribbean then I'm all in. It's then like the I'm Tropic Thunder documentary in the documentary <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well so uh, the last couple things um, uh, HBO Max is, says they're releasing a longer and more violent version of Casino Royale. Um, what? Yeah. That's exciting Bond news at the same time. I don't know why. I, I mean... I'll watch it. I would movie, but I'm, access, I'm, I will I'm, watch it. I'm excited for anything, you know. It's yeah. like, yeah, give me whatever. But Whoa, I also wonder wild. what that could possibly be. And so you're it, saying the James Bond movie we're going to get in 2020 is actually Casino Royale again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no time to um, And the very last thing on these notes is, uh, I think you sent me this link, Twister Reboot. <laughs> Twister yep. Reboot. Yep. Appropriate. They were just Joseph, waiting on us, man. Joseph Kaczynski po- directing Lexicon. one of my favorite uh, directors nowadays, even though we haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, but I think it'll be outstanding. And uh, he did Only the Brave, and he did um, Oblivion, which I love so much, and he did right. um, Tron Legacy. Uh, anyways, so that's some cool, lots of cool upcoming movie news. Actually, this can parlay right into upcoming um, stuff. So, uh, okay, so it's July 5th. July 10th, we get Palm Springs on Hulu. Very mm-hmm. excited for right. that. Did you see that right. trailer? I've seen the trailer. Yep. yep. Excited. 
Yep. On on uh, let's see, let's go by a date. Also July tenth, Apple TV Plus. We get an uh, Apple original film called Greyhound, written and starring Tom Hanks, um, oh. and it is a uh, battleship. Uh, oh yes, I've seen the trailer movie. For this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, with Tom Hanks and Elizabeth Shue. Um, it's a on TV movie, <laughs> July thirty first. Uh, we get a weird movie called The Big Ugly. Uh, you can check out uh, with Vinnie Jones and Malcolm McDowell. And then um, one of the most fun. Oh, actually, two more. Uh, then on August sixth, we get uh, an American pickle. Did you watch that trailer? I think it came out yes, yesterday. And, you know, I <laughs> so it's excited. So funny to me because all of the trailers that Seth Rogen puts out, yeah, I I get very excited about. It. And I don't yeah. love all of his stuff either. No, it's no, like no. The Apatow thing where, but I just. The ideas they have, uh, I am generally... When you condense it into a trailer, it's always yeah. just so palatable. Yeah. You're just like, oh, oh my yes. God. That idea oh. is so stupid and so I'm, funny. I'm way ready. I mean, do you think pickles have supernatural abilities? Because oh if dude. you do, then this is, this also is the movie for you. <laughs> because Jess loves pickles so much. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, just the idea of him, he's been perfectly preserved. <laughs> like, the idea of that. <laughs> it's, so it's so I dumb. It's so dumb. I can't man. wait. I'm, I'm pretty um, jazzed for that one, and too. And the last couple uh, upcoming things, um, a movie called Another Round is coming out in September starring Mads Mikkelsen. Check out the trailer for mm, it. Yeah, I haven't um, seen that one. Wonderful. Uh, there is a Isaac, Isaac Asimov-based series called Foundation coming to Apple, like a big-budget sci-fi series coming to Apple, so I'm excited for that. That has a cool trailer. Um, okay. There's a trailer for a movie called Boys State, which is an A24 documentary on Apple TV, um, yeah. and that'll be out August 14th. That looks fucking nuts. Uh, that looks very, very good. And the last upcoming thing, which you texted me about, Star Trek Lower Decks finally got a date. So August yeah. 6th, we get our fun animated Star Trek show that we've been waiting for. Just the ship on that uh, link that I sent you made me laugh. <laughs> it's <so>. it's <laughs> stupid looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kinda, I, yep, I can't I wait. And and there's oh, so many threads online about like why the ship sucks. And you're just like, no, yeah. you, don't, you don't even get it. Yeah, that's, that's the, the point. whole point. <laughs> How do you get from the bottom to the, you know, I hope they. they there are no lower this. decks. <laughs> and it's they have great. in the poster <laughs> yeah. an arrow. Yeah. This is where the lower decks are. <laughs> so great. Delightful. So great. Yeah. Super I'm delightful. excited about that. Any Trek um, fans are going to be excited that about that. That is all the news that I have. But I think on the whole, that's a lot of fun upcoming stuff. And a lot of which is going to be on you know TV at home. So yeah. Um, yeah. Keep, keep an eye out <laughs> for all of that. Um, right. Do you have any other news or fun stuff to talk about? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I did want to just uh, real quick. We talked about. Uh, Schumacher and the mm-hmm. the Batman stuff. You know, I was just scrolling through his uh, IMDb stuff, yeah. and you know, he made a View to a Kill, which I I loved. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. I don't know if you remember the movie The Client with uh, Susan Sarandon, uh, but he did a couple of those kind of early '90s, mid '90s kind of lawyer films. You know, that were so popular for a um, while, along with The Firm and stuff like that. Um, right, Falling Down, which I I. I, I pretty sure you've seen right with well Michael falling Douglas. down i think you, you said uh of you to a kill you meant a time to kill but yes i like yeah, time to kill. Yeah, um, <laughs> i was like what is he talking that about bond movie, um that i just bond had to movie. look at the word. honestly a view to um, a kill feels like it could have been a shoot <laughs> that, that movie's so insane so not to uh give a spoiler but um falling down is my hidden gem for this week so that's oh, nice. the that's that's kind of the homage or the 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 homage to uh to joel 
And that, you know, if you've that, lived, I think a lot of people can anybody in that LA, movie when yeah. you get older. But if you've lived in LA, that was one yes. that I remember seeing as a kid and being like, "Huh?" And then like years yeah. later, LA story was the same way. I lived yeah. in LA for a couple of years and I watched it. And at the time, my buddy Ted lived with me. We were both like, "These movies make sense to us now." <laughs> this is still, scary. They still it, hold yeah. up. Um, it's it, yeah, I love LA story anyway, so much. But Falling Down is a very dark LA tale. Um, right, right, right. and, uh, you get to see some cool parts of LA on film that are not normally on film. Um, right and, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's my hidden gem, uh, prematurely, well, which is fine. Um, yeah, since you jumped into your hidden gem, how yeah, about yeah. I give my hidden gem now and then go if for we it. got some rotten tomatoes, we go can, for it. we can jump into those. So did you ever see a movie called, cause I, I didn't remember when we started recording, I was like, oh shoot, I forgot my hidden gem. Did it come and to I you? remembered luckily, but did you ever see a movie called the overnight Oh, that sounds so familiar. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've seen the advertising. It's Adam Scott um, is one of the leads. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Okay, tell me there more. There are a couple of the, yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's a little bit mumblecore-y, which I know you're not like a huge mumblecore fan. Oh, like wait, the, wait, the wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at it. Uh, yes, I did see this. <laughs> and I have uh, Jason Schwartzman. Taylor, yes. uh, I, for some reason, have blocked this out of my head. But uh, young yes. couple with a kid moves to LA. They're worried about like, are we going to meet anybody? Are we going to have any friends? Immediately at the park where their kid's playing, like you know, first couple days. Yes. Um, Schwartzman approaches them. They're kind of the weird, cool couple that's doing all this stuff. Very LA, like the ultimate totally. LA, like stereotype. Totally. Like, oh yeah, and they invite him to a dinner party. And from that point on, I won't really go into what happens, but the dinner party lasts all night. God, I forgot and about this movie. But yes, I really, really enjoyed it. Just yeah. super fun. Um, yep. it, it is weird in in all the good ways. Um, you don't know exactly what's coming. You know, yes. it gets to areas where you're very uncomfortable. It hits on stuff that's just hilarious. And I highly recommend it. Uh, Jess and I both really, really dug it. Yes. Laughed our asses off um, the overnight. Um, there's some penis in it. So sure, uh, be prepared sure. for yep. a fair amount of penis. Yes, um, in plenty, this movie, plenty. Um, but uh, ultimately, man, a, a very enjoyable flick. Uh, that is my hidden. That's gem a great gem. I I, yeah. I can't believe I f- completely forgot about that movie. Right. Um, right. Well, let's for, uh, let's do some Rotten Tomato scores. This is like uh, America edition. I don't know. Okay. Um, oh hell yeah. Oh <laughs> so, man, come on. So granddad fought in Korea. You know, for, we're talking Air up, Force father. Yeah. Per- let's perfect. do it. First up. Um, naval aviator, Top Gun. Oh my God! Okay, Top Gun. Critics of Top Gun gave it a seventy-four. Okay. Audiences gave Top Gun an eighty-nine. Fifty-four from the critics. And of the yeah, I'm going to do them in in the same order: fifty-four and eighty-three. So that's oh, pretty low from for critics. The audience. Yeah, but also a little lower. You said eighty-seven or eighty-nine. Yeah, eh, I thought we'd I mean, be up by close 90. enough. 80s. very beloved film, but fifty-four from critics. I don't know what there they is to not like, like about Tony it. Scott and they don't like maximalism. You know what I mean? Like I we talked about, like minimalist yeah. versus maximist. Like you know, is like that's what his style is. Yeah, but, right? it's but, big and bold. This is another I, one that Adam I hates. I guess this I get that. Oh God! <laughs> but I also am just like this is such a technical achievement. Had we had movies that you, looked right. like this, where they and that's what we fucking think about. did this, and we I, think about that, and we think how cool it is. And all this stuff and how it's like. Well, it's, it's cool now. Like a, how cool yeah. was it then? A thousand right, exactly. times more cool. <laughs> and also just like the marriage of music and image in a very uh, base cinematic, right? Like this is cinema type yeah. of idea. This is a rock star movie. But what you're also forgetting is 
how often critics, how often there's backlash on anything that feels propaganda-ish, right? Yeah. And this was a movie where they had to get a sign-off from the Navy, so then they right. had to make everything, you know, heroic, and there couldn't be any negative. And, like, honestly, man, that doesn't matter at all for a movie no, called Top Gun, no. and it shouldn't. Like, that's not, if you're, if you're that taking plays it into that the movie. way, yeah, yeah. then you don't understand Top Gun. And I realize that recruitment went up after this, so I realize not everyone <laughs> does get it. Sure. But, but all I'm saying is, like, <laughs> This is just supposed to be a cool movie. This is like James Bond. If you went yeah. and tried to get into MI6 and be a recruit after watching James Bond, right. you would also be an idiot, right? Like if right. you were if you were grading the movie on realism, you'd be wrong. So I'm not super surprised. I still didn't think it would be that low, like you said, just for the cinematic achievement of it. I thought that it would be much higher. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Top Gun also, uh, real quick aside for Top Gun, Top Gun is one of the few movies that was first available – uh, for like home video, like VHS, right? It became something that was so available that I think it grew beyond the theaters because, like, I was I've listened to a couple of different podcasts and read a couple of articles where people talked about how they have, you know, we had three movies like at the beginning, like when there was when this was a thing and you could have a home video library. One of them was Top Gun. Yeah, and I think that's also part of kind of how that sort of legendarily mm-hmm. sort of grew. But anyway, Top Gun higher higher rankings from me than audiences. Yeah, of course. Or, uh, um, or critics. Okay, so this one was a critical darling. So this isn't so hard. But uh, Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures, critical darling. Um, critics gave Hidden Figures a eighty-eight. Okay. Audiences gave Hidden Figures. In 85 93 and 93 wow yeah exactly and I'm cool you with know, them being in the 90s I like that, that movie's movie. very very wonderful and uh but i also the opposite i have the opposite problem with that movie that it feels uh technically not that well made mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's a little basic it's a little yep. um just a good movie it, it, it's just yeah from Nothing from amazing. a filmmaking standpoint it is just <laughs> Woof. <laughs> that was one that was graded on making the subject, a movie. Subject manner. <laughs> but you know, this, here, this is another here. tough thing where but, uh, 100%, like grade something it's, on it's, it's topical to, and to be graded on its its uh, merit of what story it's telling and the fantastic performances. Um but uh but yeah. Um let's switch gears. Uh team I just want to state for for before yeah. you move on that uh yeah. uh uh I think I said yeah, America Air Force because of my dad. Right. And Jess has texted me. She says the Navy bro she says Top Gun is the Navy. I am aware. That's why I said Naval Aviator. Naval yeah. Aviator. No, I am aware. I just no, no, he want knows. stated he, for he the knows. record. Yeah, come on, Jess. Give him a break. Give him a break. <laughs> He's laughing in the background. <laughs> okay. Um, Team America World Police. Oh, F yeah. Um, okay. F, yeah. This is going to be interesting. I'm not really sure what critics would have thought of this. I think um, <laughs> I'm going to say critics gave this movie an 80. Okay. And audiences gave this movie a 92. Okay, so 77 from critics and 80 from audiences. So wow, you're pretty close, a little low. But um, no, but actually, I round. think 77 from critics, pretty good. That's um, what I'm saying. Like, I never yeah. know when there's a bunch of fart jokes, but it's also something right. that's, like, unique and hasn't been done. Like, I'm like, well, this feels did like it, kind did, of the... Who... Were we talking about this, about the 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 rumored story of the executive that was seeing this for the first time? Did we have no, this conversation on the podcast no, already? I don't think so. I must have seen it on if it wasn't us, maybe I saw it on a on a on a documentary or something. But it was about like this this executive that was in the room seeing it for the first time and the opening shot of the movie is 
marionettes being puppeted by one of the puppets. It's a, uh-huh. you know, it's one level <laughs> smaller. And so that first shot happens and there's a rumor that some executive went, they fucked us <laughs> talking about the filmmakers about how shitty that looked and how like, Oh my God, this is our worst nightmare. This is what like this person, and maybe had never seen dailies or whatever, but then it zooms out from this little tiny one inch by one inch like thing into this beautiful Paris set. And everyone goes, Holy shit. Because it's like the best looking puppet thing ever made. Um, and I just, I, I don't know if that's true, but I just, I thought that was the most delightful in their story defense, of an executive. If you were a producer that invested in those guys, wouldn't you the whole time they be super nervous that they were going to do something they thought was hilarious? That <laughs> right, was right, right. Just, just to fuck everything. with people. But that is amazing. That's great. Anyways, um, moving along, Apollo uh, 13. Apollo 13, yeah. uh, and I'm considering the time period that came out with. I, I think that audience or critics for Apollo 13 gave it a 93 and audiences gave it a 91. Very close. 96 critics, 87 audiences. So 96, yeah. that's pretty good. I thought um, that uh, that one was remembered just – I remember that being an amazing big movie like that's another one of those movies to me that feels like back when the sort of movies that were nominated for best picture everyone really saw them whereas i don't think that's the case anymore which we've talked about but um yeah okay that was probably my best guesses so far um the rocketeer (laughs) oh jesus i love the rocketeer i'm on the record i know a big rocketeer defender um i'm afraid that the rocketeer from critics got a 65 and I think audiences gave it a 75 65 <laughs> from critics uh, and okay, 65 from audience <laughs> the same I can't I can't believe you got that so perfect though wow well, 60, well, one out of a hundred people uh really didn't like that movie now granted I was yeah, I, I get it, out. but uh, but it yeah, still feels very Indiana Jonesy, and it's yeah. the director of Captain America, yeah, First yeah. Avenger, and you know the same kind of nostalgic time period and what I don't know. I'll have to watch that like. again. Yeah, I, I think it probably felt too much like a TV movie for people. Has kind of that vibe, yeah, you know. I guess um, I think Alan Arkin is fantastic in that movie as kind of the Obi Wan Kenobi right type guy you know mentor type of guy not obi-wan yeah. kenobi but um whoever he is i don't know what character that would be like but his sort of friend that's the tinkerer um i don't know man i just i, I the whole idea of the jetpack thing is so mm-hmm. great and it's awesome. so for the 30s it's so great oh and it feels so art awesome. deco and jennifer connelly young jennifer yep. connelly is fantastic and then um freaking uh james bond himself um why am i blanking on timothy dalton right being this Errol Flynn-esque Hollywood hidden Nazi. Like, all he's of those a, elements. He's always good as a bad guy. I mean, I'm just think in. of, think of uh, 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 Hot Fuzz. Such a yeah. good bad guy. Oh, man. Um, I'll tell you a quick story on uh, Rocketeer, just because yeah. when is this going to come up again? Um, <laughs> my, our good friends in our Rocketeer when, episode. we were growing up. <laughs> yeah, our next commentary. Uh, check it out. Um, we went to see that movie um and obviously, and our friends, the Walstons, who were mm-hmm. some of my parents' good friends, and we grew up sure. with their sons, they went to see it, the, I guess, the next day. Their dad liked that movie so much. I guess it reminded him of when he was a kid, like the stuff he watched. Sure. They sat – this is the first time I'd ever heard of this. I'm a seven-year-old, eight-year-old person. 
and they sat through the credits and watched it again. They watched Whoa. that movie back to back. Whoa. They watched it. He said, "Are you guys? You guys want to watch that again?" And of course, it's kids who are like <laughs> what? nine no, or ten. So they, they were like, "Sure." So they went and got some popcorn, and they oh, stayed adorable. in the theater and they watched The Rocketeer a second time. Um, that's a anyway, wonderful story. I'm a fan. We should do that fan. more often. Don't don't yeah. pay a second time. Just stay a second. <laughs> just time. Just stay in no, there. That's the way the movie theaters <laughs> used to be. Yeah, yeah. You used to just go in until Psycho. You would go in and you would just sit and watch whatever sit you want forever. Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple more of the Patriot. Patriot. Okay. This one from critics, I'll say, was a 60. And audiences, I'll say, was a 82. God, you're so close. 61 critics and 81 audiences. Yeah. yeah. That, was, within, that, was a, that movie one. at the time, audiences loved. Like that was a huge movie. Yeah, that that this is what my memory was is that it was huge and it was beloved and I saw mm-hmm. the critical score and I'm like, oh, that's kind of low. Once but again, that makes like, sense cuz it really is a 61 kind of movie. So, well, I don't know. Well, well, the other thing is like like I said, the same as Top Gun, critic, you know, that character is fictional, but right. he's loosely based on a a, guy, a real guy named I think they called him the Swamp Fox, okay. who was a pretty awful guy. I mean, right. contextually for the time, I don't know. Maybe all soldiers, you know, did fucked up shit but um i just know like certainly not a heroic figure in a lot of ways so then to put that spin on it and have kind of the the mel gibson religious angle i i just think of critics being like nope nope this is horseshit you know what i mean where in reality it's the patriot you know what i mean like i love heath ledger young heath ledger as this sort of wide-eyed romantic character in that too so anyway yeah um last but not least inglorious bastards oh definitely not least um Oh, this one's Inglorious Bastards, Critics, 86, Audiences, 84. 89 and 88. So, again, okay. very, very close. High. I'm well happy that's a little higher. Um, yeah. That's uh, the America edition, I guess. I don't know. Oh, um, yeah. It was like patriotic type movies not my happiest time ever to be an american but yeah for sure still happy to be i figured that's why we would do those maybe it would jog you uh i guess feel a little better um well the last thing i want to mention uh is um or i guess i should say do you have anything else you want to mention before i Uh, mention this and kind of play us out with it no i'm tapped out you uh you you hit on place it's good to be back man it's good to have you back (laughs) Sure. Well, so what I'd like to uh, shout out to is uh, two days ago was the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future releasing in theaters. So that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a big deal. I mean, 35 is classic. just a number, but, uh, but it's very, very exciting. And I feel like uh, I'm going to play us out uh, with uh, Johnny Be Good. Um, yes. This scene. is ending on a high note. I like it. And, uh, and uh, you know, in case you're wondering, in case you've never known, um, this is not Michael J. Fox singing. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to shout out the people who are responsible for this version of Johnny Be Good. Uh, yeah. Tim Tim May on guitar and Mark Campbell on vocals. Uh, here we go with Johnny Be Good. What an audience pleaser this is! Oh my God. Way down in Louisiana, down in New Orleans Way back up in the woods among the evergreens Stood a log cabin made of earth and wood Lived a country boy named 
never ever learned to read or write so well. He can play the guitar just like he's ringing a bell. Go, go. Go, Johnny, go, go. Go, Johnny, go, go, go. You know, I lived right by this church for one summer, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I should go in there. I never did. Ah, oh, drag. Well, that'll be our fifth road trip for the right. and shit. Oh, no, it's just in Hollywood. We could go right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, I I was this was one of the earliest movies as a kid where I was just stunned and so impressed by them recreating this from different angles. Oh my for god, a yes. And it's still that, that still to this day still is, is a good example of that. Yeah. Like I, I, give me so like creative. the best example. Well, it is the gold standard that obviously Avengers Endgame based that on. Right. For but sure. it's it's so satisfying and creative. And every part of the Back to the Future trilogy feels like so effortless. And then you go, this is some of the best kind of creative writing and directing that has ever happened. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a movie we made. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, fuck. It's right. so perfect. No, I know. How do but you make something that perfect? The more I read about the, well, two is just kind of a filler. We wanted to make a Western type of angle for Back to the Future. Um, the more I'm in so impressed. I, I just, I've two is been so, so impressed by two. dense. Yeah. It's so, so dense. On. It's four it movies so in one. Timelines. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's part of the, um, that's some of the critic, critical stuff about it. Like people critique it for that. But to me, it's just like, yeah, fantastic. Oh, so good. Well, you know, some people just don't get it. That's some true. people, oh, critics don't get <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> some Neither people, Adam uh, some people just aren't ready for it. Yeah. I guess you guys aren't ready oh, for that yet. Speaking of the connection for Top Gun and but your kids are going to love it. So good. Um, speaking of the connection from Top Gun and Back to the Future, the the bald principal. Oh, um, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I always think I of them. Send you. What does he call them? Send you. I got clowns. Two clowns. clowns. You to two top clowns gun. to yeah. top gun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just grinning. <laughs> yeah, and when he tells him at the end, he's going to be a, uh, uh, I think about being a, uh, a teacher, and he's like, "God help us, God help like, us." So <laughs> with a stogie, yeah. I um, always think of him. Perfect. This this trilogy, Top Gun, and then a much less successful flick, Masters of the Universe. That oh, is his God. '80s run, and he plays pretty much the same character in all of them, and he's That's great silly. in all of them. So. Well, there you go. Um, happy birthday, Back to the Future. Yeah, that's you are it. 35. If you guys are still listening, you're, you're I still I don't know here. why you're still- It's li- over. You're, it's over. Go, go, go home. Go home. 